restaurants, hotels, making her stomach wrench with hunger. Putting aside all thoughts of nicety or pride, twice she asked for work in exchange for a meal and was denied. She hurried by open-air markets that tempted her to steal from burgeoning baskets of peaches, tomatoes, carrots, potatoes. When Amity could bear her hunger no longer, she followed the example of a street waif and ate her fill from a pile of rotted fruit behind a warehouse. After days of fruitless searching, unable to find more respectable employment for lack of references, Amity finally took a job in a laundry off Missouri Avenue. But nothing in her life had prepared her for such backbreaking toil. Her boss, Ike Hawes, a sallow man whose mustache diminished what little chin he had, made her uneasy from the first. He plainly enjoyed Amity's discomfort when he stood so close that his trousers brushed her skirts. But she had to survive. The job was better than starving or worrying that her throat would be cut at any time living on the streets. She had decided to ignore the other laundress's whispers that Hawes had recently bought into a brothel two doors down. Her pay was seventy-five cents a day, enough to get her a room, which wasn't quite as dreadful after she'd scrubbed every inch with strong brown soap and gotten rid of the vermin. She could now afford one good meal a day and two cups of tea. At night she dreamed of Nora Ann, of holding the still child in her arms and calling her name, but she was unresponsive. Amity would wake to her own pleading cries of, Nora Ann? Nora Ann? By morning's light, Amity would reflect that she was not a stupid person, nor careless, nor vindictive and mean, so what could have happened? Had the little girl been lost? Ill? Was she dead? No matter how hard Amity tried to remember, that part of her mind remained a reservoir of sadness and empty shadows. What she remembered clearly was that the Fairleys blamed her. For twelve hours a day, perspiration soaking her dress, Amity stood at the ironing table with a hot flat iron like a heavy extension to her arm as she worked quickly to smooth wrinkles from bushel baskets of clothing. The odor of soap hardly competed with the stink of soiled clothing. When the pain in her legs and back grew intense, she wondered if this was her punishment, her lot, or the rest of her life. But she reminded herself that it was worse for the older women who tended the washing machines in back. The washerwomen's arms were raw to the elbow from water fouled with soap, bleach, and grease. Their backs were permanently bent from lifting heavy loads of wet laundry. Amity's mind rebelled at the fact that most women's work was hardly above that of animals. There were few chances for woman talk, though occasionally a weary woman was heard speaking to another over the incessant, noisy beaters of the hand-turned washing machines, the thump and slap of the irons. One day during the first week she was at the laundry, an old woman commented that Amity must have been hired to replace Lena. Is she going somewhere? Getting married? Amity asked, interested. Lena was a thin, nervous girl who scarcely replied when Amity greeted her. Lena's dark, raccoon-like eyes had a haunted look that worsened, Amity had noted sympathetically, when their boss, Ike Hawes, made his inspection tours. The two old women looked at each other but didn't answer as they took away the shirtwaists Amity had ironed. The following evening, Amity overheard Hawes telling Lena that she had to stay late and iron a basket of collars that had been missed. When the girl didn't appear the next day, Amity asked the other laundresses, Where's Lena? 
As badly as Amity needed work, she didn't want to force Lena out of hers. A mousy little woman answered in a low voice from where she sorted linens. I cause introduced her to his other business last night. But Lena got away, she did. This morning she took herself down to the river, walked in over her head, and drowned. At Amity's gasp, the woman warned, I'd worry, be watching Hawes myself, miss, if I was a pretty one like you. The woman was right. She had to get away. But get away where and how? Two weeks later, as Amity prepared to depart for the day, Ike Hawes dumped two baskets of freshly ironed linens onto her table. These weren't ironed proper, he told her with an oily smile. You have to stay and do them over. A quick look showed Amity that the other women were leaving. She did her best to quell her panic, insisting, I did a proper job on those.